Daxify, the latest FDA-approved botulinum toxin. On Plastic Surgery and Aesthetics Podcast, find out about how Daxify compares with other botulinum toxin on duration, safety, storage, and antibody formation. You'll also discover a little discrepancy on Daxify's package insert. Find out today on Plastic Surgery and Aesthetics Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Craig Baldenhofer and Dr. Jay Park. Hello, and welcome to the Plastic Surgery and Aesthetics Podcast. I am Dr. Craig Baldenhofer, and here with me today is Dr. Jay Park. Hi, everybody. You are joining us today for our first episode, and we're going to talk about Daxify. Daxify is a FDA-approved botulinum toxin that can last for six to nine months. It's made by revance and it's gotten a lot of buzz because it is yet another competitor in the market of botulinum toxin or neurotoxins. We're going to talk about a couple of things. One is duration, safety profile, storage, immunogenicity, and the dilution math that Daxify has versus Botox, Dysport, Zeoman, and Juveau. So Craig, I know that the media made a big campaign about this amazing new product that's going to last for six months or up to nine months. What does the research say about some of the other products and how long they can last? Well, it's my understanding that if you use high enough doses of these other products, that they also have a longer lasting effect. Yes, correct. That's exactly one of the things that we want to get out to the public, which is Yes, Daxify is the first FDA approved with this indication to last six to nine months, but there was a press release by Allergan that says that if you use a higher dose of Botox, that it can last up to six months as well. So this really isn't anything new. What's new is that they have FDA approval for this. Do you think that based on what we're reading, that Botox and Daxify dose ratio is probably about the same as a one-to-one? Yes, I would say that's the likely case. In the Daxify package insert, for your frown line to get paralyzed for six months, you're going to have to inject 40 units. Whereas Botox, Zeoman, and Juveau, their indication is for three months, and they're injecting 20 units. So Daxify is actually using twice the amount. If you use double of Botox, Zeoman, and Dysport, as well as Juvo, it's going to last you six months. We found five published studies that show that high doses of botulinum toxin for the Gabeller line lasts a long time. This one paper said that basically, if you inject about 40 to 80 units of Botox for the frown line, you'll get six months. And then 100 units of Zeoman, you'll get about nine months. And if you put in about 100 to 125 units of Dysport, you can get also nine months of paralysis. Do you agree with that? I would say yes, but certainly at a lower dilution for fear of putting the standard dilution of Botox in the glabella if the double dose, I think you might increase the risk of spread and probably have a higher rate of untoward events like uh, ptosis. Yes, there's a perfect lead-in for the safety. So, Craig, are you injecting high doses of Botox, Dysport, Zeoman, or Juveau in your practice? I actually tend to err on the side of lower doses for most of the neurotoxins. Specifically for newer patients, there is a thought in my practice that you can always add more, but you can't take it away. 
So I start low and then go high. So if you have a patient coming into you for the first time and you hit them with a very high dose and they do not like it, it's, it's there until it wears off. There was also a research paper that looked at safety profile. And one of the interesting things was that actually found no new safety concerns with high dose of botulinum toxin. They didn't really see any increase in lid tosis, meaning the dropping of the eyelid. But if somebody does get a lid tosis, then that lid tosis is going to last longer, right? Correct. Would you want to inject Daxify as the first neurotoxin? I would say that it's certainly not. I would rather have a patient who knows that they're going to be happy with the effect and wants a longer duration of the effect before just jumping straight to that product. Like I said, if they are unhappy with the results, and that does happen sometimes with aesthetic patients, I would rather it be for the shorter period of time as the initial testing the waters for the patient. Yes, I agree. We looked at the adverse reactions of all the botulinum toxin. What's interesting is that if you look at the litosis rate, it's about two to 3% between all the toxins, except for zeolmin, which had a lower litosis rate, 0.2%. I was surprised by that. Were you surprised by seeing a difference with zeolmin? Very much. I cannot think of a anatomic or dilution or product reason why that would be so much lower. Yeah. So it's actually ejected exactly the same way as every other neurotoxin. So why they have a lower eyelid ptosis rate is yeah. surprising. Yes. Headache rates were all over the place. Botox didn't list headaches, but if you look at the Headache rate for frontalis injection, they wrote 9%. We didn't include 9% here because we're trying to just only compare package inserts from Gabeller lines, but they range from 5 to 12%, Juveau being the highest for some reason. And then there's this thing called brow ptosis. It's about 1%. What's the difference between lid ptosis and brow ptosis? Lid ptosis is when the actual levator muscle of the upper eyelid is paralyzed and it involves the actual eyelid, the lash line, hanging over the pupil effectively. But a brow ptosis is the position of your eyebrows, which is a function of the frontalis muscles. Over paralysis of the frontalis will end up with a dropped brow. On to the next topic, which is storage and handling. Patients are not aware about how we store these things. Botox, Dysport, and Juveau, they come to our practices refrigerated and they have to be stored in a refrigerator. Zeolman was the only one that didn't need to be refrigerated, but now Daxify is also another product that comes that you can store at room temperature. And when you reconstitute all of them, you still have to refrigerate them. Does that change how you see Daxify? Definitely a check mark in the pro category. I've had more than one shipment of Botox and Juvo shipped to the office on a day when nobody was there to accept it. And then the dry ice evaporated. 
and had to request another shipment. And then talk about immunogenicity and antibody formation. There is this idea that some of these products with enough exposure to it, you'll develop antibodies to the product and then become a non-responder. Um, I have certainly had some patients who have come in and told me that they simply don't respond to one product and that they want another. And I give them the product for which they are requesting. I'm not a brand loyalist by any means. I think that they're all good products and that they all work almost equally as effective. For patients who are getting neurotoxins, the first time they come in, it works great. And then after repeated doses, they find out it doesn't work as long or it stops working altogether. And the research states that what happens is that your body's developing these neutralizing antibodies. And the research also recommends that we use the lowest effective dose and use the longest interval between injections. And that reduces the likelihood that your body develops antibodies against whatever neurotoxin you're using. So what do you think about the fact that Daxify recommends that you use 40 units? I guess that's the lowest dose to give you the nine months that they're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it seems counterintuitive because in the history of neurotoxin use, 40 units for a Golbella is certainly not the lowest dose necessary to achieve a, a lasting response. I think one good thing about Daxify is since your product's going to last six to nine months, that interval is uh, increased, which is what the research suggests you should do. So I think they're doing one thing that's great, which is increasing the interval between injections, but using a higher dose could increase the risk of getting immune reactions. Uh, we're going to go to the last topic, which is the dilution of Daxify. Looking at the package insert, we found an error, right? They want you to dilute the product with 1.2 mLs of saline. A half dose of Botox, though, would have been 1.25. So that 0 0.05 mL of saline is the, uh, the difference. All the neurotoxins come as powders and we have to dilute them with saline. The package insert is 100 units of Botox is 2.5 milliliters of sodium chloride that yields four units per 0.1 ml. What Craig is saying is that if you want to make eight units of 0.1 ml Botox, then you would dilute with 1.25 ml of sodium chloride, Daxify wants you to dilute 1.2 mLs of sodium chloride per 100 units of Daxify. And what happens when you dilute with 1.2 mL? The math is that 1.2 mL makes 100 units, 0.6 mL makes 50 units, 0.3 mL makes 25 units, and 0.1 mL that they want you to inject for one area, it's actually 8.33 units and not eight units like their package insert says. Some of you might be saying it's only 0 0.33 units and it's not a big deal. It might not be for one area, but if you add up all five areas, 0.33 times five, then you're actually injecting 41.66 units of Daxify and not 40 units. So if you're losing 0 0.33 units per injection and you're using 1.66 units for a Gabeller line injection, then in every vial, you're actually losing four units. What do you think, Greg? I agree. 
I think that it's something that should have been addressed. So if you actually want to inject eight units of Daxify, then you should actually dilute with 1.25 cc of preservative-free normal saline and not 1.2. Anything you want to add to that? I would say that the, probably the easiest explanation is that it is very difficult to be precise in drawing up 1.25 mLs of saline versus just 1.2. There is a always it, probably at least that kind of margin of error anytime something is drawn up in such small amounts for such a concentrated dilution. Yes, our syringes that we draw up saline don't have that point marker. You would have to buy all new sets of syringes to draw up exactly 1.25. I'm baffled how that got past the FDA. I agree. So to summarize, we talked about Daxify. It's a botulinum toxin that lasts six to nine months. This is not new. It's new that it got the FDA approval, but the fact that it lasts six to nine months is not new. Research since 2015 have stated that higher dose botulinum toxin of Botox, it's for Zealman, will increase the duration up to six to nine months. But congratulations, Daxify, for getting an FDA approval for it. If it lasts for six months, it seems like it's going to turn off a lot of aesthetic spas that rely on that return business from their customers. Now, if it's used for non-aesthetic medical uses like Botox for hyperhidrosis, then I think that would be fantastic. But as far as I know, it's only FDA approved for use in the glabellar region. In terms of safety, there's really no new safety concerns with higher dose botulinum toxin. If you do get a lid ptosis or a brow ptosis, then it's going to potentially last longer. Storage, just like Zealman, Daxify is something that we get at room temperature, which is really nice for the practice. In terms of immunogenicity, meaning antibody formation, we went over their study and saying that there is antibody formations that uh, raises concern with Daxify and the fact that we're doing a higher dose. Good thing about Daxify is that we're increasing the duration between the dosing and the injections. So that favors Daxify against forming antibodies. The last thing we discovered was the dilution calculation error where 0.1 ml of Daxify is not eight units, but 8.33 units. And that there is a 4% error in dilution when you talk about the whole vial of hundred units. Anything you want to add, Greg? I think the big mystery thus far for plastic surgeons is how is it going to be priced? Because if it positions itself as lasting twice as long, but costing the same as the other products, then that's a runaway hit. Everybody would probably love to have something that lasts twice as long and is comparably priced. But if it lasts twice as long and is priced twice as expensive, then it's equivalent with all of the other products in my mind. As a disclaimer, I think we should have added this before. None of us have used Daxify yet. It's not out on the market. We don't know how much it costs and we don't have real patient experience with Daxify. Everything that we went over was based on the package insert and the research around Daxify to try to clear up the mystery for patients and injectors around the world about what this is going to be like once it comes out. All right. Any last words, Greg? I know that it's currently only FDA approved for treating the glabella. And my thoughts that off-label use for things like 
the orbicularis, it might be a fantastic product, but for treating things like the frontalis, when using incredibly high doses, you're almost certain to get a, a brow ptosis. So I think that it may have somewhat of a limited use for frontalis treatment. So we'll see what happens when it comes out. All right, everybody, thank you for watching. Please comment below and subscribe to us as we start a series of journal club discussions about aesthetics for patients and injectors. Thank you very much.